Hello, and welcome to the Mind of a Football Coach podcast. Tonight we have on Coach Dan Woolley of Scott High School in Kentucky. Uh, Coach is on Twitter at TheCoachWoolley, W-O-O-L-L-E-Y. Coach, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. You know, this is my first uh, first nighttime recording. It's usually during the day. This is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's nice. It's not, not the only time I can find it. Uh, the time, you know, when the kids go down. Um, so that's usually when I can get stuff done. Oh, sure. I mean, I, we're, I, I feel like we're living the same life. You know, we got the we got kids the same age, and when they go to sleep is when you can work, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's it's hard to get stuff done with uh, with the kids running around. Um, so I don't know how people do it all the time, but uh, those people got to be special because it's it's awful hard being here for the sure, past sure. few days on the on the corona lockdown, um, trying to get your work done. It, it's stuff uh, the wife getting her work done, and then also you know taking care of the kids. It's sure. I mean. It's, yeah, that Corona lockdown is some serious, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty nuts. I mean, you look back at like a week ago or so, and you know, you're you know a month ago, whatever, and you hear things, and you know, you, you kind of pay attention to it, but you never really think that it's going to be anything that can affect you like that. And then all of a sudden, you know, sure. states are shutting down, and cities are shutting down, and schools and all that across the the country. But uh, yeah, it's it's definitely uh, something that's once in a lifetime, you would hope so. Oh, yeah, sure, no doubt, Coach. I mean, this is something, you know, we were at school today, and, you know, there's, like, teachers there were all, like, kind of holed up in our room, and it, it's such a unique experience, you know. I mean, it's just it's something, like you said, it's like once in a lifetime, hopefully. Yeah, <coughs> I mean, it's, it's, if you look back, you know, I'm a, I'm a history teacher, so if you look back, you know, you have, obviously, the Spanish flu in 1918, and lot of other you know ones before that you know throughout history and stuff but it's it's something that you know obviously goes on in the world but you never really think about it and really you know kind of feel that it's going to happen anymore you kind of feel like modern science would be able to conquer those things it just kind of shows you you know that we're, we're still not the masters of the domain that we think we are sure and you know it makes football seem really small but i know like for me football even out of season it's something I'm doing every day. Are you the same way? Oh, yeah. I'm definitely trying to do something every day, whether it's watch film or draw stuff up or or, or something like that. I think that, you know, you got to kind of do it every day or if not most of the time, you know, if you want to improve yourself and, and be good. Uh, you know, obviously there's a fine line you have balance because it's, it's one of those things, you know, there's a lot of guys out there. I think I've been guilty of this in the past. Definitely is where you can – get consumed in it and it can take over and there's there's never enough hours in the day and there's always more that can be done um so it can be it can be a thing that obviously can consume your life and who you are but you know that's not the once you have kids i think that kind of puts the perspective a little bit at least it did for me oh sure i i'm a much better coach now that i have kids like it's not even close i mean oh my gosh good gracious yeah it's crazy i mean i think you have to be got to learn to be because you know your time is limited uh you know because obviously your number one job job uh is being a good dad and be a good husband and um you know so the other stuff's got to come secondary uh to that so you find yourself limited, uh in your time so you got to find find more efficient better ways to do things absolutely coach so leading into that talk about you know talk about yourself your philosophy where you've been as a coach 
uh, where you are currently and um, you know what's your what's your future looking like okay uh, I'm currently the uh, offense coordinator at Scott High School which is about uh, five miles south or so of Cincinnati uh, it's in Kentucky and uh, Taylor Mill Kentucky and uh, like I said currently the offensive coordinator uh, previous to this uh, it's kind of a weird situation but it was the head coach for seven years and then I stepped down uh, when, when I had my second kid uh, and luckily I knew the guy uh, Coach Turner that took over the program and he kept me on as uh, offensive coordinator I still wanted to coach but just didn't have felt like I had the time to, to do all the stuff and, and wanted to make sure I was putting my priorities uh, where, where they needed to be with the family so it's kind of a weird situation to be head coach and then come back as an offensive coordinator but we've made it work yeah, Coach, that's really that's really unique. Um, have you been to Scott your whole coaching career? Uh, I was at Lloyd uh, Memorial uh, from 2002 to 2008. I took Erlanger just a few miles from still in the suburbs of Cincinnati. And then in 2008, I went to Scott as the uh, offensive coordinator, assistant head coach, and then uh, did that until 2012 when I took over. And then, like I said, from 2012 to 2018, was head coach. And uh, last year I was back as an offensive coordinator. Awesome, Coach. At, on your Twitter header, it says you're a two-time national champion at Georgetown. That's really neat. Yeah, I was fortunate enough to, like I said, I played at Georgetown College and then Beachwood High School. Before that, Beachwood's a, a small school power in Kentucky and won uh, three state championships in my four years. Uh, and then in college, we won uh, two national championships and were national runner-up. Um, you know, had some great players that turned out to be you know, even better coaches and great guys uh, that I've got to play with and, and was fortunate to be part of that and um, you know learned a lot there and it's still really one of the great I think small college uh, programs and um, you know love the experience there that's awesome coach um, you know I hear guys talk a lot about the guys that played small college football enjoyed it a lot more than the guys that played like Division One, maybe Division Two football. Talk a little bit about like why did you enjoy that? Because I've heard that from a bunch of people in my in my life. Why, why does why does small college football make it so enjoyable? Well, I think one of the things, and obviously, you know, not playing Division One, I, I don't know, you know, but just what you see and, and hear from others is it's not so much a as um, is, is big time in a business as Division One. You know, you're still, um, luckily, you know, if you're lucky, uh, you get some scholarship money, but it's not, they're not paying your whole way. Um, so you, you don't have to be totally consumed in it. I mean, you're still putting in a lot of time, um, but they don't, I don't think you get to own it. They own you like you do in Division One, 24-7. Uh, you get to be a college student still. Uh, but you still get to do, you know, what you love, which is play football and, and be on the team. Uh, you know, take those road trips and things like that to, to different places. And uh, you know, when you're when you're playing at that level, you know, you're, and you got to pay a little bit to play. You know, you're pretty much doing it uh, for the love of the game. Uh, you know, it's a little bit different when you got to pay and you got to kind of, you know, battle. 
um, yeah, when, when you're investing your, your own money or your family's money, it's a little bit more uh, uh, meaningful, I think, than if you're playing for and not having to pay for it. Just like anything in life, you know, if you, if you got to pay for it, you're usually going to appreciate it maybe a little bit more. Sure. Uh, now, going into your personal philosophy, how much like did your time at Georgetown influence how you are as a head, as you were as a head coach and a, and a coordinator? Like, did that bleed into that? Uh, not so. I, I would hope so. Not so much as, as play calling and, and stuff like that. But I was, you know, fortunate enough to have a, a ton of great coaches uh, at the as the head coach down there, Bill Cronin, who's still down there, who's uh, been elected to the. NAI Hall of Fame, and he was the AFCA president a few years ago. I think he's one of the first or small college guys, uh, NAI guys, to do that. And then uh, some of the other coaches down there, Dave Campbell, defensive coordinator, and Craig Mullins, uh, who's not with the same more as offensive coordinator. And just learning from those guys and all the other assistants, um, you know, they really cared about you as people. Um, and it wasn't just about the, the winning head. You know, it felt like family. And so try to try to pass those things on and, and be in there for your kids and more than just the X's and O's and winning games. But to actually be there is to be a positive influence uh, for some of these young men because they, there's a lot of a lot of them that don't have that in their life. And, um, you know, that's why we do it. It's, it's not just for the love of the game, but also for the love of the kids too. Absolutely, Coach. Absolutely, that's that's awesome, and you're, you're in it for the right reason. I mean, that's 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 fantastic. So, Coach, talk to us about your offensive philosophy. What do you believe in? What have you done in the past? Um, we're we're all ears here, Coach. Well, we're actually uh, transitioning this year pretty heavily. Um, we're actually going to the air raid. In the past, we've been a single wing team, uh, so it's pretty two different ends of the spectrum, uh, but it's what we think is best for uh, the kids we've got in the program now. Um, we, we don't have the big, uh, as many half-back type kids in our program uh, to run the ball right at people like we have in the past. Uh, we've got some, you know, really good uh, young receiving core and a quarterback can throw the ball a little bit, so we feel like that that's just the, uh, the way that's going to suit us best. So kind of just feel like, you know, you got to adapt to to what your kids have but in the past like I said we've been pretty uh, you know run heavy and run a version of a single wing sure you just did a coach tube session on that if I'm not mistaken coach correct did you say that again I'm sorry did you, just, you did a coach tube on that correct um, pretty recently yes, I got, uh, yeah two coach tube courses on um, one of the uh, single wing style offense like I said it's not traditional single wing we actually do use a quarterback it's it's modified out of the double wing, um, and then uh, we, we kind of tapped it from there. And then the second one's using the spin series, uh, which is a great deceptive series uh, in the uh, in the single wing offense or single wing style offense. Okay, that's awesome. And listeners, I will I will put a link uh, of that into the description uh, when I post when I put this uh, live online. So, coach. That's a pretty big jump from single wing to air raid, and I'm sure there's people that would say, like, what? Like, what do you mean? Why, how can you do that? But I'm with you because I think it's all about your personnel. So talk a little bit about, like, your thought philosophy on matching your scheme to your players and not being a, a system coach, so to speak. You know, I think it's, it, it depends on your program. Um, you know, if you have a little bit more established program, uh, then you can kind of, and you got the kids, and I think you can kind of, you know, mold, mold the kids to what you do when you have those numbers. But, uh, you know, when I took over at Scott, it was a, it was a job 
out that nobody uh, wanted, for, for lack of a better term. I think they'd won about 21% of their games in, in the previous 40 years or 30-something years, and then uh, we were able to take that up to about 55% or so uh, in the seven years I was there. Uh, won our first uh, district championships and, and made the regional finals uh, in, in school history. And then this past year, we were back there again and won the district championship again and won the regional finals. Got beat by a, a phenomenal team in, in Boyle County High School, uh, one of the best teams I saw. And they lost in the state championship, and they lost to Johnson Central, who must have been amazing because – that's awesome, Coach Johnson. Central's the name I know. We scrimmaged them three years ago. Um, that, yeah, that, that, that Johnson Central's a very good program. Coach Matney does a great job down there. They uh, they run that belly one, belly two, or double dive, whatever you want to call it. They're 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 dang good at it. And they come off the ball hard, and uh, like I said, he's got it rolling down there. Coach, I we, when we scrimmage them, obviously you don't put a lot of prep in the scrimmage, and we played. Two, so we played three teams in that scrimmage. They were one of them. Coach, I think they scored like the first play of their drive every time. <laughs> like, yeah, like our kids are like, uh, Coach, what is this? <laughs> yeah, we 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 played them uh, several times in the past few years in the playoffs, and I, and I know, unfortunately, I know that feeling of them score, score, scoring a lot. So uh, they're like I said, they're dang good, and there's a, there's a reason they are back in the state championship every year. Um, like I said, the coach has done a great job down there. Their kids are, are fast and, and big and play hard and, and are hungry. And like I said, he's, he's done a great job down there. Absolutely, Coach. So, Coach, talk a little, about, a little bit about, like, what is your version of the air raid? Because that can go in a bunch of different directions. Talk about your version of the air raid. Uh, at this point, I'm just trying to learn from everybody else. I found a, a few good guys, and I'm uh, kind, of, kind of looking at Coach uh, – Ron Mackey, who does a lot of stuff on, on YouTube, and uh, Coach Cole Tharp at the 92 Mesh Group, who does a lot of stuff on YouTube. And then from there, I found uh, Coach Patrick Taylor uh, down in uh, North Carolina at North Surrey. And I've talked to him several times, and he, he's been great about giving us time and resources to kind of help us out uh, in, in our install process and stuff like that. Uh, so when we do get back to school, that we can, uh, you know, hopefully start installing some of these things. And, uh, so right now, just kind of finding, uh, like you said, there's a lot of things that could be in the air raid, um, uh, and kind of finding uh, what, what we like best or what we think is going to work best for us, and then just trying to narrow it down from there and keep our playbook as small as possible but as effective as possible, uh, is where we can have answers of things. But also at the same time, you know, we don't over, want to overwhelm the kids, and uh, you know, especially in the quarterback position because uh, it does put a lot of uh, pressure on them to uh, be the trigger man. Sure, and that's – I feel like that's the balance every high school coach is trying to find. Like, what is enough and what is not enough? So, talk about your philosophy on that. How do you find what is enough for you to be successful? You know, I think that's a, that's a battle that I've, I've fought every year uh, just because I, I like to have everything, you know, written down and all, all my script nice and pretty and all that stuff. But, you know, in the past when the, when the stuff hits the fan, you know, we're, we're probably running power. Uh, or, or sweep. I mean, that's that's kind of what we did. Uh, and you know, if you could stop us, then then you were probably going to win. Um, and you know, I think that's the thing that I, I understand a little bit more now than I did when I was uh, younger in the career. It, it, you know, the other teams is pretty good too, and, and their guys, 
you know, practice and their coaches do a good job of scouting us. And, and sometimes the things are, are out of our hands and, and we can come up with the best game plan. Uh, and, but sometimes our kids are going to be better on any given night, no matter, in spite of us. Uh, you know, they, they're going to win in spite of what we do. And on other nights, you know, we can do everything in the world and, and have them as prepared. And the other team is just going to be better. And, and that's something you got to it's, – it's hard to get through your head, but it's it makes your life a lot easier once you can – Oh, Coach, that's good. You're not the master of everything. That's that's fantastic. So, Coach, if you're going to be air raid, talk about what is y'all's defensive philosophy. So, how do you mesh those two together? You know, defensively, I think it's I think it's getting harder and harder to find uh, enough D linemen, at least in our school in our area. I think for a four man front, you know, we ran a four three uh, at Georgetown when I was there. It was very successful. Um, but if you're going to run a 4-3, you know, you're going to have a stud at three technique. Right. Um, and that's and that's getting harder and harder to find every year. Now, if you got that, you know, you can do a lot of things. Um, and I think the 4-3 is the, one of the best ones for adapting uh, to multiple, you know, offensive sets like you're going to see in high school. You know, we're going to go from, you know, we talked about, I talked about two teams that we, you know, had played, and we got Johnson Central, who's double tight wishbone. And then we'll play Boyle County, who, you know, who's a sprint team. Um, and any time you're going to play a team, it's, you know, it's something we we learned offensively when we were running the single wing is, you know, we liked it when teams kind of changed up their stuff. And the teams that gave us the most trouble were the ones who could stay in their base defense uh, and just play their reads and, and play well. Um, so I think the 4 3 is great for that. But like I said, you got to have that three technique. Um, and it's going to eat up double teams and keep people off your mic. Uh, and if you don't do that, you know, it's going to be tough. So I, I think, in, you know, for where we're at and for where I'm at, I think, uh, you know, I like three, four, uh, just because I think it's a little bit more flexible and adaptive to, to a lot of things. Um, what you're going to see, especially, like I said, the multiple sets you're going to see in the course of a year. Um, but like I said, any defense or offensive team is good if, if you coach it right, believe in it, and let your kids play. Sure. I mean, I think that's the key, right? You have you get your players to play fast, give them to play hard, and have them believe in what you do. Uh, so, coach, how do you like? How do you practice these? So that's that's one thing I'm really getting into with coaches is how do you how do you practice? Like, what is your general like a work day practice? You know, how long are you going? What are you looking to get out of that? Uh, how do how does that work? Now, we usually try to keep it right around two hours or so. I, I found that, you know, the longer, the first, when I was first head coach, you know, wanted to grind to get tons of stuff in, but, you know, especially during the season, you know, two hours after the kids have been in, in all day, you know, maybe two hours and 15 minutes or so, but after the kids have been at school all day and then had a little break getting out to the field and stuff, you know, you start having it too much longer, you're going to start losing a lot of kids. Uh, and you may have the kids there physically, but they're not going to be there mentally. Um, so, you know, you want to get in, and I, I think part of it is, you know, just refining what you do. And my, my offensive line coach is Bob Black, who's been with me for 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 a long time. Always, you know, I call him every Sunday night and ask him, you know, what do you think of the other team? What do you think we should do? And he, his response was almost the same every week: just you know, do it, do what we do. Um, and I think that's kind of what you got to do. I, mean, I think looking back, you've the most trouble we've had in games when we weren't. As well as we wanted offensively, uh, can be attributed to 
kind of you know, tweak things a little bit too much or, or come up with something new or you know do something you saw on film the other team do. And uh, when you start trying to install that stuff in three days, you know, four days maybe, uh, your kids aren't going to be very good at it. Uh, so I think you just got to you know, keep yourself sharp and, and refine what you do. Sure, and I think that's hard. It's harder this day and age because we can go and research all this football. It's like at our fingertips, right? I mean, that's like back. Oh, I mean, back. Yeah, I mean, you know, from from watching stuff on huddle of, of trade films, you know, that you can you can catalog and have your access, easy access. You know, five other five six films of your opponents, and you can see what other people did at them. To you know, stuff on Twitter, to stuff on YouTube, to stuff you're seeing on Saturday night. Uh, or Saturday during the afternoon or Sunday, you know, there's a lot of football we have access, and um, you know, a lot of things that look good. But you know, if, if you can't get your kids to do them or you can't coach them effectively, um, you know, it doesn't do doesn't do you very much good to put them in. Sure, and like you were talking about, you know, in high school, like here in West Virginia, we play JVs on Mondays, so we really only get like two days of work. We get Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday's the day before the game. So. If, yeah. if you're trying to install new offense or defense, good luck. You know, like, that's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, you can you can install it, but are they going to be able to effectively execute it against the opponent? You know, that's the question. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and usually, the answer to that is not as well as you want. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. So, coach, talk talk some about your special teams philosophy because that's something that I find good coaches like yourself have a very definitive philosophy on how to do their special teams. I kind of, you know, waver between, you know, being very aggressive sometimes and, and, I, and also, you know, being a little bit more uh, uh, safe on special teams. And I think it just kind of depends on what kind of team you have and what your offense is doing in your, in your philosophy. Uh, you know, is um, I mean, we, we've had in the game, the games before where we've onside kicked a bunch, and we've had games where we've, you know, seasons, whole seasons where we've never onside kicked. Uh, it just depends on you know how's it go, how it's going. But I think one of the things you've got to do, like we, like I've talked about, is just keep it simple on special teams because you do have a lot. Of, sometimes you got younger kids on there. Uh, you know, you're trying to get your first team offensive defense guys a break. Um, so if you start getting too complex on uh, things. You know, that can cause problems. Um, number one, special team, though, I think you got to be sound on this punt, punt return. Um, you know, more, more yards are won and lost on that than, than pretty much any other play. Uh, there's a lot that can go wrong, uh, you know, with a live snap on those compared to a kickoff where, you know, you've got 10 yards and, uh, to, to figure it out and things like that. So I think you definitely got to uh, be sound on your, your special teams because uh, on your, excuse me, on your punt, um, you know, because that can be a huge momentum shift. You get a you know punt, ter- punt return, or you return a punt, or you block a punt, or get one block. That can be a huge, huge shift in momentum. Um, and like I said, you're usually having the punt or punt return teams if you're in a competitive ta- game, probably more times than your than your uh, you know kicking off and kickoff return. Sure, and I'm right with you. Our, our two are, are punt and kickoff because the other because the other team can score. <laughs> so you know. We try to we try yeah. to be good at those, um, you know, because it's you know points are hard to come by come by in football. Coach, do you guys always have a kicker? Do you always feel like you can kick extra points? We have. I mean, we've been fortunate enough. We have a, a soccer program too at our school, so uh, 
where the NFL and, and college football, those things are pretty much a given. And, you know, you and I know that on the high school level, that, that extra point is anything but a, a certainty. Oh, sure. I mean, we, as a, I've been a head coach for going on six years for three of the years. Great. Fan, you know, pretty good. Not great, but like we knew we could probably kick it through. But man, the other three, it's been like, God, we're going for two. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. You know. Well, I think there's a lot to be said for, you know, going for two. I mean, I, if you're running your best few plays, your two point plays, um, and you've worked on them, you know, Theoretically, you would hope that you could get three yards fifty-one percent of the time, and if you if you get if you get three yards on, on PAT on next point or two-point conversion, sorry, uh, you know fifty-one percent of the time, that's better than one hundred percent of your PATs. So, you know, right? But I think the mindset has to be with the kids; they've got to understand that that you know you may shut, you may not get a few, but at the same time, you're going to get get some. Uh, and you know, we, we've had we lost a kicker a few years ago, in two thousand fifteen. Uh, the day before a game on a Thursday, got bumped knees with somebody in practice doing a fit-up drill and was out. And so we had to go for two the next day on Friday uh, with no prep of, of knowing we were going for two or anything, just running our base stuff and end up going seven for seven on two-point conversions that game. And that kind of – I mean, that changes the other team's philosophy too because then they've got to they've try to keep up with you and match those points. Yeah, I found when guys go for two against us and they're successful, it almost makes you go for two. You know, like yeah. you have to keep up with that. It puts stress on you because, you know, you know the best thing as a coach, it's one of those things you know that, you know, just if you're going to kick it, just go ahead and kick it. Uh, but when you start making those decisions in, in, in the heat of the battle, instead of, you know, sticking with your game plan, that can be something that can definitely trip you up. Absolutely, Coach. Uh, coach, as we – as we land this thing, talk about uh, just give us. Well, talk about spine the right word. Just give us some wisdom uh, for younger coaches out there, guys that are first getting into the profession. About what does it mean to be a coach, and how can you be a successful coach uh, to as far as impacting the lives of your players? Uh, I mean, I think you nailed it right on the head. There is that—that's your number one job, and I didn't understand that through. For most, for most of the early part of my career, you know, it's not all. It's not about the X and O's. If you've never read books by uh, uh, the first of Jeff Marks uh, with Joe Ehrman, Season of Life, and that Joe Ehrman's book, uh, Inside Out Coaching, uh, I, those are just awesome books that really changed my way of uh, of viewing what our role is. Uh, not just you know for our team, but for our individual kids and for society as a whole. That you know, this is one of the last bastions of uh, where it's okay for guys to be guys, per se. Mm-hmm. And that we, we do have a responsibility as coaches to be positive male role models for these kids because a lot of them are growing up in situations much more than when, than when I was a kid or, you know, any of the generations before uh, where, where we may be the only positive male role models that these, these young men have in their lives. So we really got to take that responsibility very serious and, and it's got to be something that we think about especially as if you're a, you know any coach but especially obviously the head coach is thinking about you know what are you teaching these kids and what is your program doing uh, besides just the x's and o's uh, and what are, you, what are you leaving with these kids that they can take with them when they go out to the real world 
Coach, that's awesome. That's that, that's the ticket to it. You know, we're going to coach these kids for at max four years, but what are we doing to help them become better people? Is is the uh, is the the whole reason, right? I mean, that's why we do what we do. Yeah. And, and I found that you know when you focus on those things, and obviously you know having the talent helps, but when you have a little bit of talent, you focus on those things. You know of the, the skills and, and focus on the leadership of the kids and those life lessons that those are going to be you're going to see those things manifest themselves on the field um one of my first few years i always you know sit there and say we need more leadership we need more leadership but it was not something that I was actively coaching and then i stole an idea from another coach that i read in the magazine uh coach uh, eric taylor he's I think he's now the athletic director, but he used to be the head coach up at Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy. And he did a leadership class, and I know a lot of guys are going to this now and doing it, but he did a leadership class uh, with, with his players during lunch every week. And um, I was fortunate enough that my planning was always during lunch, so I could I could do that. And uh, starting in 2015 through 2018 for that four-year stretch, um, instead of complaining about leadership, it was something we actively talked about and kind of used um, some books as a guideline. I can't think of the author's name, but it was a team captain's handbook. Uh, I think was the name of it. And, and used that as a guideline, but kind of worked in some of the things we wanted to about leadership and about uh, how to be a leader and, and what those kids could do uh, to work on that. So it was something that we actively uh, tried to install with our kids uh, in the off season Coach, that is awesome, and that's that's why you're a really good coach. You, know, you you have you have the the priorities in the right uh, the right order. Well, I, I appreciate that. Like I said, a good, good players make a good coach, and I think everybody knows that. I've been some of my best coaching, I think, in, in the years that we haven't been as good as we wanted to be. Um, and I think a lot of coaches see that we we base so much of our you know judgments on and society and on other coaches on on how they, you know, their records and things like that. But there's a lot that, you know, can be learned from the coaches uh, who maybe don't have the records but have been there for a while and are doing good things with the kids. Absolutely, Coach. Coach, I really appreciate you coming on. And, uh, man, thank you. Thank you for giving us all this wisdom. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Listeners, I will get this thing up shortly. <laughs>